Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Let's Talk Business with MBSSA. I am your host Naveen Chader and today we're talking with Brent Dare who works with Coles in its digital marketing team. Brent specifically works with email marketing so this week we'll be discussing the importance of email marketing within the digital marketing ecosystem. My name is Brent and I graduated from the University of Melbourne with a Masters of Management Marketing um, at the end of 2019. Um, I began working for Coles Liquor Group just as the pandemic was beginning in 2020. Um, and just for reference for anyone who doesn't know, Coles Liquor Group uh, includes um, Liquorland and two other brands which you might not know, which is First Choice and Vintage Sellers. Um, so I've always been within marketing um, at Coles but I started out in uh, physical store development um, as part of brand transformation. And then I moved to website merchandising, did a bit of digital display, and now I'm in the email marketing team. So handling the day-to-day email marketing for Liquorland and vintage sellers. Okay, um, so what does a normal workday look like for you? Uh, so obviously no two days are the same, um, but Coming up to summertime, I like to split my workday in half. So I'll typically start at around 7.30. Um, if it's the start of the week, I'll um, spend the morning doing a few reports, uh, basically reporting on the results of any campaigns that have happened last week. Otherwise, I'll just go straight to um, proofing the emails that we're going to send out on that day. Um, so like making sure that the prices, the products, any promotions that we have in those emails is correct and is live on site. Um, after that, I start to think about planning any upcoming emails that we have. So that's basically checking any sort of promotions or offers that are upcoming, looking at the business priorities and making sure that um, my channel is aligned to what the business is trying to achieve. Um, I brief in all the creative that I need, any copy that I need, and then I send off the email to be built um, uh, by another company. Uh, since I start early um, during summer, I would then take a few hours for lunch so that I can go to the beach if the weather's nice or just go for a walk, whatever I want to do for a couple hours. Um, and then for the afternoon, I'll come back and I might do like some project work. So that would involve like trying uh, creating or optimizing automated email campaigns or customer journeys so that we can manage that relationship with uh, customers as well as non-customers and try to encourage them to convert or to um, purchase again. Uh, and then lastly, before the end of the day, I we'll proof the emails for the next day and schedule them to be sent off uh, the next morning. So um, you mentioned customer journeys. Could you expand on that a little bit? What does that mean? So uh, customer journey is basically um, the customer experience from the point of becoming aware of your brand to then uh, having to consider your brand versus a uh, brand or company versus um, competitors to then uh, converting and uh, after that, uh, the post-purchase stage. So it's, um, it's basically very similar to uh, the digital funnel. It basically just how it maps out the journey that the customer takes relative to your company and your brand. You mentioned that you worked in email marketing. A lot of people tend to view email as not as important anymore. Would you say that's true? How, how important do you consider email marketing? Email marketing is one of the most important digital channels. It's, it's very difficult, actually, because um, there's always sort of keen interest for the business to push things out through um, email marketing. But you have this sort of um, responsibility to also not be spamming uh, your customers. Uh, but yes, email marketing is very important because it's, um, I believe, the digital channel that has the highest rate of return. 
because basically when a customer comes to your site or a potential customer comes to your website, they're giving you their email in exchange for uh, signing up. And so then you have them in your database and you can market them. And these are people who already know about your brand, who have already considered your brand versus others. And they're willing, more willing to um, convert and make a purchase. So um, any marketing efforts that you have are well spent in um, the email space because um, whatever you do, you're more likely to uh, see a return on investment. Um, with emails, a lot of, I guess, a lot of marketing and promotional materials get, tend to get caught in the spam filter. So how do you decide where the line is when it comes to useful marketing or too much marketing? It's a good question. I think every business is going to answer it differently because depending on what uh, your business is and what you're selling, that's going to have an impact on um, how often your customers want to hear from you and what they want to hear from you. Um, the way that email marketers are starting to approach this is by uh, segmenting as much as possible. So making sure that rather than having a single email that goes out to every single um, person, uh, there are potentially multiple emails within one campaign so that the offers um, and the marketing message is more targeted to uh, the individual and you end up sending essentially less email campaigns over time and you're less likely to spam your uh, customers. But um, at the end of the day, it is a numbers game. You might have 100,000 people in your database um, and uh, even though, you know, a small percentage of them are... Um, opening that email and an even smaller percentage are clicking through. And then on top of that, an even smaller percentage are converting. It still represents a lot of revenue for a business um, more than you would think. Just off the top of your head, could you give me like an example of uh, one of your segments that you target? So uh, for example, it's very typical for us to um, in any given week uh, run a bundle of wines. Um, we, obviously don't want to spam people with too many emails in a week. So we're probably not going to talk to um, customers who uh, prefer to drink uh, spirits or who prefer to drink beer. Um, we mostly want to talk to those customers who have a history of uh, purchasing wines. Um, and similarly, uh, when we have um, uh, an offer that's more broad, for example, a $10 off or a 10% off offer, um, that's something that you can send out to more people um, and uh, to avoid sort of becoming seen as spamming customers, you would do all sorts of things like, say, remove, um, remove people who are inactive. So uh, if someone hasn't really uh, interacted with your brand for a certain uh, amount of time, you can remove them from that list and they won't receive your emails anymore. Um, but beyond that, you can get really deep into segmenting um, customers into different um, lists uh, so that you're really um, targeting the individual and not having to send, you know, so many campaigns. Is there any point where you reach like diminishing returns, like at a point where you get too specific and or where you need to like draw back? I don't think there's a specific point. It's just, um, it, it's an issue of time. You have a limited number, uh, number of resources. And so, um, yeah, you want to make choices so that you're not literally sending one email out to um, every, uh, you know, a separate little email out to every single customer. Not just in email marketing, though, in, in other digital marketing channels, there's now technology that is able to create um, marketing campaigns at scale. So you can 
get really granular in terms of how you target your customers. Email marketing, I'm not sure if it's there quite yet, but it is quite sophisticated in how um, detailed you can get. And uh, you're right to say that, you know, with, uh, with say, just um, manpower alone, you can't, you know, create um, all these uh, separate emails as part of one campaign. You do need to rely on technology uh, to create things at scale and rely on um, automation to do that. For your role, do you do you do anything like outside of your, I guess, required role? Do you do you have a say in like the designing, the graphics, any of that? Yeah, sure. Um, there's always new things happening, and so we need to um, come up with concepts about how we want to activate a specific campaign within any given channel. Um, of course, you always have to present back to key stakeholders. So I don't sign off on new creative concepts, I would have to um, get that approved by our brand team. But then once it is approved, there's obviously a template and a guideline for me to use in the future. There's always opportunities, though, to sort of step outside your role and, and try new things. Um, I was never a particularly creative person, but I am sort of known as the person who will help out with um, graphic design in the office. So whenever, um, you know, in any large business, there's always last minute price or product changes, whenever that happens, I'm uh, usually the one receiving requests to just update an image before we send it out live, which is fine because, um, yeah, it's, I like doing it. That's good. Um, are there any, like, tips, tricks, techniques that you'd like to share with us, anything that you've picked up along the way? Yes. Um, the first, I would say, is to plan your marketing calendar well in advance. So. Uh, understand what the business priorities are and make sure that you're, um, you know, building out a roadmap for the future um, in terms of what campaigns are going to run um, and when they're going to run. Um, beyond that, understand what the best practices are for whatever channel you happen to be operating in. Um, there's always best practices for, uh, for example, email marketing, for digital display, social media marketing, uh, and it's easily, um, you can easily find this out on Google. Um, and also keep across what your competitors are doing in that space and how you can um, not imitate them, but uh, go above and beyond what they're doing um, in that space. Uh, I think another important thing is to, um, if you don't know something, just use Google. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit of a shame or a perception of being ashamed for having to use Google, but in reality, um, everyone does it and it's not something that you need to be embarrassed about. Um, no one is going to judge you if you need to Google something, uh, even very basic sometimes. So it's definitely not something you need to worry about. You don't need to, you don't, your mind doesn't need to be a textbook, you know. Where, where do you see digital marketing going in like the next 10 years? I think 10 years is actually quite a long time when you think about digital marketing because the, what seems important now um, may change within the next two years and, you know, it's a completely different answer. Um, I think what's currently quite interesting is personalization through data and machine learning. And this is in a way similar to what I was talking about before uh, with regards to segmenting your customers really in a granular way and targeting them with more specific offers and marketing communications. So basically, I think this will be more important going forward. Previously, where you would have had one offer 
uh, or one product or one campaign going out to every single customer, the expectation, uh, the um, growing expectation is that digital marketers are going to move more towards personalization of that customer experience as much as possible. So that doesn't just mean through marketing communications, that can also mean um, like a website um, on-site experience. So for example, when a customer lands on your website, um, customer A might see different products um, initially compared to customer B and compared to customer C and so on. And um, how big a role do you think that um, automation and AI are going to be playing in this? I think it will have to play quite a big role because a lot of there's a lot of tech companies that are sort of building engines that allow companies to target their messaging and target their products um, uh, to really um, narrow segments of customers. So I think it will be important because at the end of the day, um, you know, if a uh, hundred thousand of your customers are coming onto the site and they're all having the exact same experience, um, it's not going to resonate with all of them as much as it would if it were tailor-made for them. Okay, uh, just to get back to something you said earlier, uh, you mentioned that it's good to schedule things like well in advance. How how do you construct construct your social calendar? Is it like for a few weeks, a month, a couple months, the entire schedule? How does that work? I think um, initially... Uh, especially if you're um, approaching um, in a really generalist sense, you need to schedule um, basically your customer missions throughout the year. So for a whole year, understanding um, what are the main objectives that your customer is wanting to accomplish at any given point in the year. For example, in, in the liquor industry, um, we've just had the uh, footy grand finals. And so people are more likely to be picking up um, certain types of drinks and they're probably going to be having them while they watch the footy. And especially in states outside of Victoria and New South Wales, they're probably going to be having um, viewing parties. Um, and now we're coming up to spring racing. So that's a lot of champagne and you know, potentially rosé and some white spirits. Um, so it's about planning that sort of stuff well in advance, understanding a rough sort of um, at least outline of what customers are looking for throughout the year. But then getting more granular into the specific campaigns you run, um, at least from a planning perspective or uh, a strategy perspective, that would have to happen months out, especially if you're getting brand concepts created. Um, but uh, more in terms of execution, for example, executing that brand or that campaign um, within social media and email and on the website, that stuff might come, say, uh, two months out, a rough idea. And then when you're one month out, you should have a pretty good idea of what you're doing. And then you might be making last minute changes, uh, small changes, you know, a week out, sometimes the night before if it's necessary. And sometimes it is. Well, how much overlap would you say there is between like the social media marketing and email marketing? All digital marketing there is sort of like a shared language. Um, I guess email marketing is slightly different, but there's still this shared language of having to understand um, what a click-through rate is and what, you know, a return on investment is, what a cost per click or a cost per mill is, um, what a, um, you know, average order value, all these sort of metrics that you use to measure success, they're all roughly sort of... Um, the same across different channels. Obviously, in some channels, some are more important than others. Um, but if you understand, 
you know, what success looks like in one channel, it's very easy to then jump into a different channel, even if you don't have that much experience and still understand, at least from a numbers perspective, what success looks like. And then once you have that um, basis, then you can understand best practices in terms of uh, how do I then achieve that success. Okay, well, speaking of success, what do you think are some of the qualities a marketer should have that set themselves up for success? I think especially in terms of digital marketing, but of course it's relevant for sort of any marketing position. Um, the most important thing is that um, you're willing to expand your knowledge and research new ways of reaching customers. Uh, especially in digital marketing, there's always there's always new things happening. There's always um, you know some some new thing that not many people may know about. But um, you know whether it's a new affiliate um, company launching or it's a new um, method of advertising on social media or a new type of display advertising, there's always something new happening. And so just keeping on top of that, but also um, keeping on top of any best practices, um, any new channels that are appearing. Uh, I don't think it's good enough to just say, oh, I don't know how to do that. Um, when you're faced with an issue or a challenge, you really have to be committed to either asking someone who's more experienced for help or just doing the research you, uh, you, by yourself. And like I said, Google comes in handy. So there's no excuse, yeah. Well, um, along with that, what advice would you give for students who are graduating at the moment? Probably the one piece of advice that I didn't believe when I was a student um, was that we were constantly told the importance of networking. Um, and I always accepted that this was true, but I always thought that maybe this was overemphasized. Um, but the reality is, especially in digital marketing in Australia, the industry is um, very uh, small in the sense that eventually sort of everyone almost knows everyone um, after they've been in the industry for quite a while. Um, I think that's, it's, it's a good idea basically to keep in contact with um, the friends you make now, um, which is not to say that you should just go out and make friends just so that you have that network. I don't think that's um, a good use of time, but I think just be open to meeting new people um, as a student um, and don't box yourself off into one group of people. Um, just try to get to know, you know, as many people as possible and, you know, be a genuine person um, and, you know, build actually meaningful friendships um, and that will be um, very useful to you. Just anecdotally, uh, one of my friends who graduated uh, in the same year as me uh, got a casual job uh, for a startup that, that had recently launched in Australia uh, from the United States. After a while, she was given a full-time role and then she brought two more people, um, two more of her friends into the company uh, and they all now have full-time roles. And this is not the only example. There are uh, plenty of other examples of people uh, essentially uh, getting uh, contacts um, work within their company. So it is really important. I think, I, I think one of the reasons I was so suspicious of it was because it always felt like people were telling me to go out and pretend to be someone's friend just for the um, potential that they might repay me at some other point. Um, and I absolutely do not think that is necessary. Um, I think having a meaningful um, friendship with someone um, is far more valuable. I agree. I think 
that the importance of being genuine cannot be overstated like if you're going to network with someone just for the sake of getting a job in the future they're going to see through you yeah absolutely marketing has has kind of evolved in like the last 20 years or so it has gone from like selling a product to selling like a brand or a value as someone who works in like fast moving consumer goods how has that affected your way of marketing it's difficult i think because in university the examples that you often think of in uh, sort of marketing case studies is are things like apple um you know that have these really strong brands and so that's that's what you think of when um when you sort of consider this question i suppose from a retail perspective it's difficult because um we're essentially selling the same products as another retailer um uh that we compete with uh of course we have our own branded products but you know by and large a lot of the products are very similar and so you have to find a way to distinguish yourself otherwise people are just going to shop based on price um i think the way i would answer this question is that the customer experience becomes really important uh to consider so that means um essentially that customer journey again uh what is the process that they're going through to make a purchase at your business so some questions that you can ask yourself are um other products and promotions relevant to the customer and their main objective or their main mission at that point in time um are you communicating those products and promotions clearly is the process um of actually making a purchase easy for that customer uh does the customer have an option in how they receive that product for example can they get same day delivery do they have to just have standard delivery can they go into a store and click and collect or can they just go into a store and buy it straight up um these are the sort of questions that i think uh really help because essentially you want customers to positively associate your brand with all of these elements across the um customer journey um and that takes time to build up that association so you would say that it's it's not really so much as selling say like the colds brand as so much as offering like ease of access and affordability and convenience mm all these if you offer people all these things uh and you uh tie these these different elements these different um unique selling propositions as they are known if you tie that to your brand um and people have those positive associations that's what your brand becomes known for and then that's why people will come back to your brand time and time again and choose you over the competition. Fair. I always I always go with Coles because it's more convenient. That is uh yeah, that is true. That <laughs> it's very um emphasized that one of the biggest reasons that people have for which supermarket they choose is literally convenience and location. What is the closest to them? Right. Well, um I think that brings me to the end of the questions. Uh do you have any closing thoughts? In my experience, I've found that people who work as digital digital marketers are especially eager to teach new people how to do things. So, whether you already have a job or you're applying for jobs or you're still a student, I think it's important to find someone who has more experience than you and try to learn from them. Um more often than not, they'll be extremely generous with their time because you know ultimately they remember exactly what it was like to be in your position and to not know anything 
All right. Well, thank you so much. That was really insightful. And I think we've learned a lot from this session. Thank you so much for having me.